Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Now, bond yields have been going down. That's another major investment. When bond yields go down, that's good for bonds uh, ever since the inflation peak. So when bonds care the most about inflation and they see high growth is dangerous because it tends to push up inflation, but that's not always true. The, my inflation indicator has very little to do with growth except for the growth of young, expensive people entering the workforce, okay? And that we're never going to see again. So inflation is never going to be a problem in, in our future or our kids' problems in, in most countries. But it's been very good for bonds, but now it, it's gone the other way when they had to do this overstimulus and suddenly you get 9.1% inflation. Well, that inflation's already darn near disappeared. It's going to go away, especially in a recession, and never come back, but it's caused huge changes in the bond market. CPI, again, we see what drives these bonds, it was the highest as the baby boomers kept entering the workforce back in 1980, 14.8% inflation, okay? And then it's come down ever since, and now you see it's only been sideways and then up recently, and again, that is not a long-term trend. So, so bonds, I'm going to say, are the things, high-quality bonds are what do the best when, when a bubble bursts, because this isn't everything bubble. It has been real estate. It has been all sectors of stocks, just some more than other, and some real estate more than others. Rich people real estate is, is going to bubble up more than every day, okay? Um, and, 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 you know, vacation condos who are bought by the top 5%, 10% of the population are also going to bubble up. And, you know, rich people cause... The biggest bubbles. But, and, and here's here's another thing to get, and I'm just warning you this right now. After almost every presentation I give, some person, it's usually a lady, will come up, an older lady, and say, well, Harry, let me tell you about my cliff house in Malibu. It is so great. It is so beautiful. It's got the best view. We got it at a bargain 20 years ago. Harry, you agree with me, right? My real estate's not going to go down. And I'm like, sorry, Victoria your real estate's going to go down the most. You know why? Because it's so damn good. The best real estate driven by the richest people bubbles the most and crashes the most. So that's what you got to look at. Here's my rule for you. And, and this is very simple because real estate's way more complex than stocks. Stocks go up and down together. What was your house worth in 2012? Condo, whatever you got, vacation, whatever. That's where it's like most likely to fall. And when you see that downturn, you're probably going to be shocked. And if you're not, then you can feel good about keeping it. And again, contrary to perception, people say, well, home sales, no, home sales have really started to fall since late 2020, just after COVID, okay? So, so this is the beginning of a trend. House prices cannot stay up. And there's always a lag here too. When, when home sales are falling this much and, wait, and we haven't even gotten into the damn recession yet. And that's almost guaranteed at this point. Now, homes are coming to why homes are finally coming back on the market. Okay. And now that's stopping because people realize, well, I can't give up my three, sell my house and give up my 3%, 4% mortgage and have to get a seven, 8% one now. So, so again, this is another thing I say, see what happens when you pervert the economy by printing zillions, you know, printing money, like taking crack cocaine. It is, and I'm not using that as a stupid, that's exactly what it's like. 
It is taking too much, too much stimulus makes you a stupid person. And talk to anybody on crack, talk to anybody drunk, talk to anybody on heroin, and you'll realize that is a stupid person, okay, while they're high. So this is what's happening everywhere in the economy. And look at home prices just since. And again, in a time when the economy would have naturally been down with the baby bust, totally, we've gone from 204000 for the average house up to 497, 2.5 times, 144% increase. And you know what home prices go up reliably long-term with the inflation rate. And inflation's what now? Low and gonna stay low. So not only are houses not gonna come back when we don't have a bubble, they're not gonna come back very fast. So if you don't sell now, you will, you will never, I'm saying you will never probably see, especially high in real, ever see these prices in your lifetimes and your kids may not even see them. That's how serious this is. And if you don't believe me, wait. If you wait, it's going to be too late to do anything about it. So I know this is difficult. I know I'm not telling you what anybody else is, but I've been looking at this stuff and I'm objective. I don't work for Merrill Lynch or a bank or anybody and have to be politically correct here and not scare anybody. Tight supply now has worked. It gets tight, but now, you know, people start putting on the market, okay, when prices got high enough and all. And that works against the problem of people to get when home prices start to fall it's going to start a cascade of effects that takes us from low inflation to deflation and that's going to take us into a downturn alone construction costs all of a sudden store in the late stages this is another thing happens when you overdo something overtax something oh you know then costs are going to go up if everybody's building to keep up with this bubble and that's another thing high costs cure high costs high prices cure high prices so everything, what I'm trying to say here, and I could spend hours on this, everything's pointing towards deflation, not low or, 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 or these high inflation staying, and everything's pointing towards a temporary downturn because it's not long-term downturn because the millennials are about to bail us out of this, as I showed earlier, from 2024 to 37. It just won't be as long or as strong a boom as the baby boom. And again, Construction costs soaring, now suddenly going down. Well, that's the sign at the beginning that something's, they soared because of the, the tight supply and all that sort of stuff. But this is a sign that, uh-oh, this is how fast the recession could come. Okay, everybody's saying it's gonna be months. It may come a lot faster, just like this, this change in, in price direction. And, and so, and, and mortgage rates have spiked as well, and they're gonna go back low. The problem is nobody's gonna be able to get a mortgage loan a year or two from now. So if you're looking to get a mortgage loan or refinance, most people have done that. I would do it now because it'd just be too hard to get one. You'll also be able to do that well in the future because inflation is not here to stay from my point of view. So again, I, I showed that slide before. Now, yeah, month supply, so also explodes. Everything's showing, we're, we're gonna correct we're starting to correct this housing bubble. The problem is when it goes down enough, people will start losing money or seeing their profit debate, and then it creates this negative uh, cycle on the downturn that just keeps going. And mortgage applications are already dropping like a rock. Not quite as low as 2008-9, but that was at the bottom recession. We're just pre-recession, and they're already dropping like a rock, which they started to do in 2006 and 7 last time. So this, this, this number on the right side of the chart, these mortgage applications are going to go way lower if this keeps happening, and, and I'm pretty clear that it's going to. And again, everybody's now refinanced. So, so nobody can... Everybody's got bonuses. You gotta be, we've been getting... Not only low cost money for everything, but we everybody's been able to refinance and just get like, you know, like you won the, the lottery or won a game show or some shit, you know? 
So, and so we're out of that too, okay? I'm just saying, all of this stuff is saying we, we've exhausted all the benefits from this bubble and everybody's higher than a kite. And, and this is exactly when you collapse and hit the payment and go into rehab if you're a drug addict. So how, we see the bubble before, the first tech bubble. Early stage bubble goes up, peaks 2000, crashes 95%. Uh, a, a lot of do I have okay. A lot of people don't realize that Amazon, the greatest online retailer in all of history and in all this stuff, was just merging in the mainstream, just going public in '98. And that bubble went from six dollars to one thirty-six in two years. In two years, and then crashed all the way back to six, ninety-six percent in a year and a half after that. In the tech wreck of 2000, 2002. Okay, so that was the first tech bubble and it crashed. Bubbles only crash. If anybody anywhere can find me bubbles that look like this and act like this and don't crash, I will kiss your ass in public and quit what I'm doing. Okay, because I've looked and I haven't found it. But look at the size of this bubble and it's more pervasive, more global. And it's everything. This bubble has started to crash. The next wave is due to start down anytime, and there should be two more waves before we hit bottom in the next year or two. Now, here's the question. Bitcoin, I saw, you know, the dot-coms were the leading edge of that first bubble. It was a general tech bubble and a general stock bubble. The tech stocks better, the NASDAQ did better than the S&P and, and, and Amazon and the dot-com that did better than, than NASDAQ, okay? Bitcoin is like that now. Crypto is real. It, it, it may look like an invisible coin, but it's it's the most complex chain of software on the earth almost. And it is going it is going to transform a guy speak. I didn't get it till a guy speaking at my own conference in 2019. Mark Yusko said said crypto and Bitcoin and blockchain is the digitization. Listen to this one sentence of all financial services and money. Now I already told you how big that is. Six hundred trillion dollars that's when i heard that that's when i got crypto i don't understand it either totally but if it's going to digitize and transform and make that whole thing more efficient then it's the next big thing bigger than uh, online retailing and amazon and all this stuff but if i just say okay why don't i use for comp for bitcoin why don't i use amazon it just follows what amazon did first bubble early bubble Big crash, 95, 96%, and then a longer boom. This would project Bitcoin would reach 780,000 by about 2037 to 2040. I'll tell you another thing I could do simply. First, this is, it's an exponential trend, especially in leading edge technologies, but everything's exponential. If you just had a first baby, you know, bubble and then a big crash, just if you expect the next wave up in an exponential trend to be 10x that. Well, 10x to 69,000 first peak would be 690,000, very close to this number. So this is not an outrageous number. So imagine if this chart's right, and, it, and if the red line go, if we go down to where the red line bottom, that means Bitcoin would go down to three to $4,000 on the way up, maybe 13 years later to 700,000. So if you want to make a fortune, do it. But also remember, even at 16,000 recently, and it's back to 41 today and 44 recently, okay? Even at 16 to fall to three is an 80% drop, okay? So 
until I, I, it is possible that Bitcoin, it, normal four-year cycle in Bitcoin, it would have bottomed in late 2022, early 2023. But this is a bigger first whole early stage bubble over three four-year cycles, 12 years. And so the downturn should not only be more, but take longer to bottom. I say don't touch cryptocurrency uh, until mid to late next year. And then if it's down anywhere near where I'm talking, sell your kids and the house and buy it, okay? <laughs> and when you say down, Harry, uh, down to what levels would you say that this is going to get? If I were just looking at a chart and didn't know what it was and totally unbiased, 3,250 would be where I'd say that's going. That's the simply the low from the last the last bubble that hit 20 and crashed down to 3250 in late 2018. Okay. It would be the last low. And that's where any chartist would look at that chart. If I, look, if I put that chart in front of me, any chartist, they didn't know what it is. They'd say, oh yeah, we had a fifth wave high and we've had an A wave crash, um, but but we still got it in a B wave bounce, but we had the C waves got to go back down to that fourth wave low. Doesn't wipe out the whole giant boom before that, just back to the fourth wave low. Well, that fourth wave low is 3250 to 4000. That's it's actually 3250. So now it, it might just be it is, should it be at least lower if it goes down again than the 16 recently. But point is, it's too early to jump into Bitcoin here. A lot of people think it's bottom. If it doesn't by 2024, I may miss something, but I ain't touching it here. That's all I'm telling you. And and I and I will I will be I I will have a hard time buying anything else if it gets anywhere near there. So Harry, what about um, luxury markets where people are? If they buy rent, stay out of it. Uh, luxury real estate goes up the most and goes down the most. Bigger the bubble, bigger the birth. That's another simple principle. So, so that's what that, that's what I get. That's why I say these ladies come up to me after old ladies and say, "Oh, but Harry, the basically the story is my real estate is so special, Harry." You don't think it's going to go down, do you? I'm like, it's a special real estate that goes down. Special, but if it's going to bubble, of course, special stuff's going to bubble more than boring stuff in Ohio. Okay, of course, and it does. So it it is real estate. That's the biggest dilution I see. Real estate won't go down that much and special i've got special real estate i'm not selling that it's too special well i would sell it if you can i actually bought a home here in puerto rico because i got it half off that's the only reason i bought it <laughs> okay now this is just again just to kind of tie up here here's just some, some signs of a topping process the russell 2000 is a smaller cap stock they always weaken first and the dumb money, the people just coming out of, you know, nowhere. And, oh, I got to get in this stock market because it just keeps going up. And my brother just made a bunch of money. Well, that's what they go in. They go in the large caps. So the small caps start to go sideways and fail first. This is a classic channel. I, I This should be the last bounce here. I do not expect a new high. I don't even expect it to make it up to that E because the, the, the traders wouldn't make it that obvious. So we see this turn down and go to that bottom line about 1630 on the Russell 2000 small cap index. That's going to say the next wave is going to go down quick. And that's not going to be the last wave. That's just going to be that first wave down, the bounce we're in. Next wave goes down, bounces, and then a wave after that. That's just the next wave will be at 1220. And that'll put that down about 60% from the top. And then people could be wishing oh, I wish I hadn't talked to my stockbroker and he said, sit out this, it's just a correction. That's not a correction, okay? And this is not gonna be the end of it. 
Here's the NASDAQ, just that next wave. Where would it go? Back to the COVID lows between 6,200, 6,700. That's going to be down 60% too. And that's not, that's just the third wave down. You'll get another bounce and the fifth wave will complete it. And that will go to about 1180, the 2009 lows. And that's not that far back in history. So again, any chartist, if they didn't know what this is, this would be like, like, you know, kindergarten, this would be a piece of cake. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, go back to that fourth wave, go back to 2009 lows. So the 2009 lows in stocks is where we're probably heading. That's a bigger crash than people think. And the 2012, even more recent lows in real estate is all I'm talking about wiping out. Not the whole boom since the 1980s, okay? And But it's that big. It's 50% in average real estate and it's probably 60 to 70% in upscale real estate. And it's, it, it, Laura, people were asking, the upscale real estate is the most dangerous. Rich people are going to get the biggest ass kicking in this once in a lifetime bubble burst is what I'm saying. And that's so fortunately who I talk to. When you say rich people, are you talking about the high income earners, those who have put too much into like the market as a diversification or yeah. well, okay. whatever? Yeah. The people who have the highest quality real estate, okay. Uh, or the highest growth businesses, whatever. I mean, you know, rich people can afford to buy much nicer homes. And, and they've been doing that, and more people have been trading up. Uh, the normal trade up, the normal starter home used to be bought at 26. Now it's 36 because they're so expensive. And the normal trade up home, the final best home that you keep for the rest of your life, even when your kids leave, the nice one with the, with the cliff view over Malibu I was talking about, those normally peak at 42. And now it's 56, which showing you got to be old and have no kids whatsoever to support to even think of buying that trade up home now. So that's another sign of, of overvaluation. But if you want that dream vacation home, retirement home, and they often tend to be the same for a lot of people, the time to buy is going to be a couple of years from now, and you're going to have plenty of time. Last time it took stocks about two years to bottom, but real estate six years. This time it's going to take about three from the top in 2021 into late 2024, 25 to bottom. Real estate will bottom years after that. So you're going to have plenty of time to look for, but real estate is going to be the real bargain uh, for, for most people. And then Harry, what's that? wait on this because you're going to you, get killed if you don't. And Harry, you started when you started the, your conversation, we talked about small businesses. Uh, where do you think small businesses are going to land in this? Uh, because as you, as I think we've always, always agreed, mm. small businesses drive this market. Like you said, people drive markets. So where, where will that end up going? You think service-based businesses, maybe speak to a few industries. Okay. 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 Well, you know, good and bad. I mean, when, when I got, I got out of Bain and company in Harvard business school and realized I was not made for the corporate world. And it didn't take me long to figure that None out. I started working with small business. You know, the first thing I really, every client I had, it ended up being a turnaround. Everyone I dig in the business, I find out you're going under. Okay. Small businesses don't have capital. They can't raise capital easier. It's costly. And if they make any mistakes, they get crucified. Nobody ever given capital. You know, it's a much harder thing. They create most of growth. They create most of jobs. They create most of the innovation. That's why I love working with entrepreneurs and couldn't stand work. I couldn't even work with corporate people as a consultant from Bain & Company. Okay. So, so that's the dynamics, but it is the riskiest thing is to own your own business. So here, the, the, the real strategy is very simple. The way you survive a downturn like this, again, small businesses will be way more nimble. That's the huge advantage. Large companies cannot make changes nearly as fast. 
So if you're nimble, but you want to be, and you do this in advance, you don't have much time now. If I talked to you two years, but you'd have more time. Strategic focus, principle number one. What do you do best? Who are your best companies? If you analyze enough and take out your fixed cost and, and, and realize how much you're spending there and cut that in half, which you usually do, or at least 20%, and then see where your contribution margin from every sale, that it's your sales minus your variable cost, where that's 60, 70, 80%. That's where you're going to get the most. If you invest in marketing and things that grow that, you're going to get the most cash flow. So you want to focus, strategic focus on your best markets and clients, and you want to cut costs, especially overhead. Go look at your overheads. When I was a consultant with Bain, all the way down to small companies, first thing we look at the overheads to get them out of the way of the variable cost so you know how much you're really making on every sale, but also that's where you can cut. That's where the most waste because nobody sees that stuff. So you got to hunker down, focus on your best markets, lean and mean, and cut overheads to the bone. And you will get through this for one reason. This is not going to wipe out all businesses in any sector, okay? This is meant. This is how God makes things better. S survival of the fittest, okay? So challenges are good. We need challenge now and then, okay? This challenge is to separate the, the good businesses from the mediocre. You want If you're focused and you got good customers and you cut your costs, you are going to survive this while your clients fall. And what you're going to gain, even in the down, you're going to take their clients while they're down. And then you're going to ride them up the next time. You're going to ride next time with your clients doing better and a whole new set of clients you took from your weak competitors. So second thing, look at all your competitors in the industry. Who are the weak people? Okay, well, these are the people to look at. These are the people you want to steal clients from. I don't mean literally steal them, but they're, you're not going to have to steal them. They're going to fall in your lap because these other companies are going to get in trouble quick. Okay, real quick, I got to summarize it and then we can take yep. more general questions. So again, this is just a, just a real quick. This is what I see happening for the S&P 500, which is not the tech heavy NASDAQ, not the, the small cap Russell, but just you know the best general market. We've seen the first crash. It has to be close to 30, 40% or the bubble doesn't lose enough momentum. So that's a sign the bubble is likely over. We've seen the strong bounce because people aren't going to believe it at first. They're used to it always going back. It's been doing it ever since 2008, nine. In fact, it's been doing it ever since 1982, really. Okay, well, I think this bounce is about over and the next wave down is going to be bigger and harder. That takes us down at minus 55%, probably by mid-2024, if I had to take my best guess, the way things are going, you get a bounce there and you get a final crash uh, around late 2024 into 2025 that should take us down more like 86% on the S&P 500. And 92% is my estimate from NASDAQ. And again, it's just going back to 2009 lows, okay? This, this is to, to have economy grow the greatest in history from 1982 to 2021, including a lot of free stimulus from hell, okay? And, 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 and see it just go back to its 2009 lows. That's, that's, that's normal. That's what always happens. What doesn't always happen is we have a king-size bubble. It's the bubble that has to burst and the bubble that's excessive. And if you don't see it's a bubble, it's going to wipe you out. That's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to hear to say, looks like a bubble, quacks like a bubble. It's a freaking bubble, okay? And people always, all I get is, oh, Harry, it's not a bubble cup. Look at the freaking charts. It's a bubble. Just look at it, okay?
looking and quacking like a bubble. So at least be cautious. If I'm wrong, you may get a little too conservative for one year. We're going to find this out next year by my book, okay? You're not going to have to do this for long. And if you do it, you're going to be rewarded so much, you're not going to be able to keep up with the growth on the other side. Here's China. This is a beautiful pattern. And look at this funny, big top, big crash in the middle, neck top, C wave, big crash, D. And the E wave can't even make it back up to a declining thing. And it's just right. I mean, I'm literally, it's a percent from breaking through this bottom. If it breaks cleanly to that, this China market will be down to 1,000. And that'll be down like 80% or something from the top, okay? So, so you know, this is going to be a global bubble burst because everything is bubbled here. Now, what I tried to hint at earlier, and this is very important because a lot of people like me, Peter Schiff and a ton of people, most of the people who are saying this is a bubble, this is irresponsible, you can't live off of debt and blah, 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 blah. They're all buying gold and silver. I am not, not the worst place to be. Gold ended up in the late part of the 2008 crash, going down 50% after kind of holding up. And it went up some, but it went down 50% in the end. And that was not the worst thing to have back then, but I don't want to lose 50%. I want to be in these treasury bonds that will actually, are the actual safe haven, because the treasury bonds from the US government, 10 and 30 year treasury bonds combined in, in a fund like TLT and ETF went up 50% in 2008, whenever that was the safe haven. Gold looked like it was going to be and then went running home to mommy before it's over down 50%. It was the treasury bonds. You got to have the longest duration to lock in these higher yields before the deflation and the slowdown of the economy takes those yields down. And it only takes down the safe bond yields because risky bonds and corporate bonds and B and C and D bonds have more risk of default. And that drives their yields up even when inflation's going down. That's the tricky thing to get there. Only the safe bond. That means AAA, AA corporate, but even better. What's the safest bond in the world? Yes, we're in debt. We're in debt up our ears. But Japan and Europe has more debt per GDP than we do, okay? And we have better demographics than both coming out of this, okay? We have a, 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 a millennial generation and neither of them do, okay? Uh, Japan boomed, uh, peaked a long time ago, and we'll never see there. I said back then, they'll never see these highs in real estate and stocks again, 89 and 91, and they still haven't, and they never will. That's how big a change this is and why I'm crowing so much about it. But here's the thing. If you're going to buy these treasury bonds, T-bond, that means treasury bond, you can get 10-year bond, and and, and I'm, I'm not looking at the big crash like this, but just in, in, in a more modest crash. Those bonds went up nine and a half percent. But if you locked in that bond for 30 years when you got a little bit of falling inflation and rates, you'd have made 38%. If you got a zero coupon bond, they call them, where they don't pay the interest, you're just getting the capital. Well, then your, your capital appreciation tends to be higher when you strip out the interest. I don't want to explain that. That went up 50%. And TLT that owns an average, it's an ETF that owns a high, high volume, high quality ETF that owns a combination of, let's say about half, 10 and 30 year bonds went up 22% right in between that nine and a half and 38. This is where you make money safely. The safest investments do well when all the risky ones are all going down. And remember I said before, even the roaring twenties was not an everything bubble. Real estate bubbled modestly, stocks bubbled crazy, okay? And things like that. And that's what went down, okay? And, and, and crash. This is an everything bubble. There is nowhere to hide except the safest bonds. 
and the safest ones. And, and again, I know the U.S. government has been bar barring like a drunken sailor. We're just less drunk than everybody else. And that matters. Money's got to go somewhere. And I'm telling you, this is where it went in 2008. And, and uh, here's another. Here's a simple rule. 1.5. Whatever you felt in your business loss or an economy down or, or, or your investments going down or real estate or whatever, multiply that times 1.5. So real estate went down 57%, okay? Uh, I mean, stocks 57% in 2008, 9% crash. I'm saying 86%. That's 1.5. I got to that number in different ways by in the charts and stuff, but it's 1.5. So that's a good way to gauge and decide, okay, do I need to really hedge this? Or, 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 or you know, how do I get around this? But the best thing to do is get mean and lean, get in safe investments. And again, I'm talking likely for one year, maybe a little more. And as soon as we see these things crash, it's going to quickly come to a point where, okay, now you buy real estate again. Now you buy stocks again. It may, you won't see as uh, big a boom as you did before, but you're going to be buying so cheap. You're going to do very, very well. And you're going to do, it's your only way to do well because nothing's going to boom and bubble like it did in this once in a lifetime bubble. And again, in a once in a lifetime, once in history, double bubble, two, two tech bubbles, 2000 and 2021. That's never happened. And those two bubbles are so much bigger and, and more vast than the roaring 20s bubble. You can't compare them. So again, next one to two years, and it's getting closer to one now. Most volatile market of your lifetime. The first shock was 2022. The second and bigger one is likely coming in 2024. So this great financial crisis since 29 to 32 will continue and end up looking almost as nearly as bad as that, if I'm right. Similar magnitude. And again, you'll never see this again and your kids will never even see it again. Once in a lifetime. So it's worth taking some risk of loss of some more, a little more gains to avoid this big a potential downside if you only have to do it for one year to find out if I'm right. Good news, unprecedented 250 year economic explosion. Another thing I've said, I've studied history so far back, people say I, I need to get a girlfriend, okay? <laughs> 500 year cycle is the most dominant if you go back to history. Okay, before this 90 year cycle. So 250 years of this, things generally go up. We're in the middle of that, just like in the 1500s when Christopher Columbus discovered America and all this gunpowder and all. I mean, that was an explosion back then. This is like this. We are in a very advantageous time, even longer term. So from the late 1890s into 2140, approximately 250 years, we're going to continue to see this economic explosion after this big downturn. So, so the next in the next stage of that in the U.S. in particular, next global boom, 2025 to 37. So you're not going to have to wait long to reinvest in real estate or stocks. Um, and 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 again, but everything goes down is this next point. And again, businesses cut costs, focus, 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 and you can't help but win. And the big game, what you're looking for, is not just okay, how much did I lose anyway, and even if I cut it in half. How much market share am I gaining? Because that's what's going to pay off for years and years and years. The more clients you can steal when your competitors can't even service them because they're literally going under or drowning in their own fixed cost. Okay. And again, for investors, I, I normally asset allocation, screw asset allocation. This is a crisis. In a crisis, you do the same thing. These, these, 30-year treasury bonds, 10-year minimum 
in AAA corporates, if you got to buy corporate bonds. Again, and if somebody, if you're in a company and they got, or something, you got all these selections, buy the most conservative long-term bond selection you can pick and don't touch any equities or real estate related things. Not even REITs, but REITs would be better than, than, than normal real estate. And then again, late 2024 or sometime shortly after that, next global boom, first stage 2037. India and Southeast Asia will be the best globally. Australia and New Zealand will do the best of the developed world, along with Norway and Sweden and Scandinavia. Aging sectors, you know my number one sector, and I don't know how you invest in it, but, but there's gotta be a way, nursing homes. Of all my things, about all the whole lifetime cradle to grave, the last thing that people spend the most peak in spending is it 84 nursing homes? And by 84, you know it's not the men. The men are long gone. Go to a nursing home, it's gonna be 10 to one, uh, 10 women to one man. And if you're the man, last man standing, you're gonna get laid more than you did the rest of the rest of your life before. Okay. Nursing homes are gonna be the best place to make money. Find a way to invest in that or a stock that plays that. Uh, but but again, it's anything aging. RBs do well, okay. An everyday person retires and says, I'm going to see the country. So they buy a big ass RV. And those are going to be on sale uh, for the next couple of years. So again, that's what I got to say in a short period of time Love today. It. This is a radical time, folks. And, and if you even half get this right and half see it, you're going to be way ahead of the uh, of the crowd here. Love it. So come live if you have questions. We have about 30 seconds to a minute and we've got to keep moving on. Any other questions for those of you? Well, I'm going to chime in right here. Obviously, um, I was able to follow most of what uh, Harry was talking about. Um, I've actually read uh, some of your books, Harry, over the years. Um, I'm a person involved in this community. I worked on Wall Street for a long time, and your books are prolific. Most traders read them. Um, I actually agree with a lot of Harry's conclusions. Um, I also see the data sets that he's looking at and showing as to why these things could occur. I see a lot of Elliott Wave um, interpretations of where we- I know go. Robert Presser, he's one of my favorite people. Yeah, and I know Dan Asante, his partner, he lives in Florida. And so, yes, it's um, these are things that I've been looking at. I actually pay attention to some of this in my machine learning algorithms. Um, That's a good place. Say this, Harry, I would love a conversation with you at some point uh, in the future, just one on one. It would be a sit down thing. But um, I actually agree with a lot of Harry's conclusions. I think timing of these things are always the most difficult aspect of it. Yeah, I see the agree. I agree in a deflationary environment over the um, the in the future. And that deflationary environment means you should be buying bonds, the safest ones you can. Yeah. Um, so, Kelly, really quick to that point. Um, and so, Harry, I'll get you two connected. So he actually I mean, you guys have such similar backgrounds, um, designs all of the AI algorithms for iFlip. So uh, I know I've introduced you to that before, but. Kelly, are you going to do any uh, smart folios around what's coming and like the 30-year bonds? Are you going to have a variety of these kind of investments in the smart folio options? The, 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 if, you, if you consider what Harry just posited, the, the smart folio really would be just an ownership of long-term treasuries 
or yeah. like the TLT ETF. Those are the, basically the only places to hide if this scenario unfolds. And yeah, I can tell you, there's other data that Harry didn't point out that he's probably withheld for the sake of his presentation Scaring that would also study. support his arguments. And so, yes, it's quite easy to develop things around that. But I think this is a, such a huge topic. And that's one of the same things that why our machine learning has kept Flip um, very relatively on the sidelines for 2023. It sees a lot of this kind of information um, and it interprets it really the same way. It doesn't use Elliott Wave or things like this. However, it does try to hedge the concept of if you're going to be in the market, you have to always assume that there is a chance and a risk of ruin. And if there is a risk of ruin, how do we manage that? And how do we manage that also, assuming we're wrong? The only thing we could be that Harry could be wrong on is timing. But I think in general, there is some comeuppance. There is a reckoning with the way society has grown, the way the world has changed, the way prices have inflated um, that will occur um, in the not so distant future. So there's so much to talk about. So much data was thrown at everybody today. Um, I congratulate uh, you, Harry. I think um, some of that data is stuff I have not seen. And again, that's a topic for another day, um, should you want one. And um, again, I could speak yeah. in many ways around what we just heard. Hey, hey real quick, I got a simple cure for this. I, I forgot to announce this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to send these slides, the whole slideshow to Laurel so she can... <laughs> You guys can get the slideshow. You can have, it will make a lot more sense. You got enough to get the gist. You can go over this and it'll make a lot more sense if you can sit and go through it more slowly. You're correct. And I, I would like the slides and maybe a little access to see <laughs> where some of that came from, but not much because I basically understand it. And I've seen most yep. of those slides. Also, Lacey Hunt, I actually think he's one of the smartest economists on the street. And so it's interesting. I consider him pretty him. almost the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I watched some of his seminars as well. And by the way, he paints a similar picture to yours he, about what's he, going on. All you have currently. to do is look at, re all this is looking at reality. There's nothing complicated about a lot of this. Most people just want to be bullish and always find a way to keep the, the, the cash cow going here, you know? So in both Harry, what's the one thing, Harry, what's the one thing you're looking for that's like the canary in the coal mine for, mm -hmm. for lack of the technical term here, shit's getting real. <laughs> well, well the, the, the first I told my audience before the first thing I'm looking for is a 30 to 40 percent first crash so a crash that comes quick within six to 12 months and that did happen I, I would have liked to see it be a little more but the first crash was 38 percent in the Nasdaq and 28 percent in the S&P 500 when I looked at every bubble in history the you know the first because bubbles are hard to stop they have a lot of momentum what it takes to break the momentum, the first crash is between 28 and 50%. So that's what I was looking for, at least 28%. So we got that, the S&P, and we got more than that. So I think, uh, even though a few things might make a slight new, I think that was saying, that gave me more confidence there was a top. And once it tops, you know, all we need to see now is a new low, uh, 10,088 in the NASDAQ from the last low in this first crash. And even to me, just to see a strong weakening would be enough. But you see, we go through that, 
then this thing's in motion. And that, you're in the third wave, and that third wave is definitely going to be stronger than the first wave. And that's when you know uh, that, that this, this thing's going to keep going. But it's got to break there. I mean, it is possible we already bottomed, but I, it doesn't look like it to me. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.